So in our final topic, we're going to look at how you can effectively prepare for the different uh, sort of routes or levels of memberships when you're going into um, qualif qualifying. Um, I suppose one of the things we'll look at is the types of resources available to people to help them prepare, whether it's RSCS resources, you know, that you've got a book out and so on. Um, but yeah, do, do you want to touch on the types of things that are available? And then um, perhaps we can also look at, you know, your story behind how you've progressed through the levels and, you know, how how you prepared um, and how that's changed over the years yeah sure so um uh, probably the spa starting point for any candidate is um is going back to what the RICS provides so um any candidate looking at associate or the APC 100% must have read um the candidate guide um it tells you what you need to do how to do it um basically gives you everything you need to know um the RICS also have a web page for each qualification um that will give you a link to the online RICS assessment platform where you submit your documents um there's some great user guides on how to use the platform and how the counsellor um counsellor sign-off process works as well um the RICS on the website also have a pathway guide um for every single pathway and that's um there's a different pathway guide for associate and mrics for all the different pathways um it tells you about all the competencies it splits it down per level and it will tell you what you need to know what you need to have done so level one level two and then level three what have you do, what have you advised on um for associate that will just be what you need to know. And it gives plenty of examples of um, different types of work that fit within the different competencies. Um, so as a, as a very bare minimum, Candidate Guide, our ICS website, and, um, and the relevant pathway guide. Um, outside of that, um, <clears throat> there are some great resources available. Um, uh, Candidates might have seen um, a book I've written called How to Become a Chartered Surveyor. Um, it, nice. it literally does what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, there are sections on all of the different, um, the, the membership levels, routes, how to write up your submission, what happens in the interview. Um, it's got everything in there. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I feel like I want to announce it somewhere. So I've got another book coming out. Um, uh -huh. Hopefully, maybe next year. I don't know the publication date, but um, it's going to be looking. So this is a, a special one for uh, for you on this, which is um, on the mandatory competencies. So that basically okay. takes the RICS pathway guide and gives you um, anything, everything you need to know on those. So um, awesome. that'll be out soon. Um, other um, other good resources. So. Um, Obviously, you need to build up your CPD record and obviously a really good knowledge base. So um, we've got a blog on our website. I've written it every single week for the past seven years, which if you do the maths is um, quite a lot of blogs. Um, yeah. They've got podcasts um, and just an audio recording on YouTube you can listen to. Um, there's so many good podcasts, just like this one, um, Surveyor Hub, RICS, um, YouTube videos. There's there's so much good content out there. Um, some of the law firms do excellent webinars, papers, blogs, um, etc. On a wide variety of topics. So, um, I'd say um, a really basic Google search on you know a specific area of knowledge can lead candidates down um, down a, a rabbit hole and a rabbit warren of um, 
of information. I think the key thing, you know, if you're reading the candidate guide, if you're reading a blog, if you're listening to a podcast actually is um, start a Word document and make your own notes on what you hear. So you're building up your own, um, your own, your own knowledge base, something that um, you've processed, you've understood, and then you can keep that and use it throughout, you know, drafting your submission and then going to interview if you're an APC candidate. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's a good thing to be able to look back at and review, actually. I think um, it's well, exciting that you've got another book coming out. And look, we'll have potentially have to have another um, discussion when that comes out to, to, to go around the topics around that. Um, I suppose one thing that might be useful to cover um, shortly will be sort of what are the things people tend to do well around preparation and what, what they don't do as well, typically. Um but is it worth touching on on your story? Because I know you mentioned, I think it was in our first topic around, um, you know, that your motivation for, for, for going for RSS was because it, your your family was it uh, had all done it, you know, in terms of your uh, grandparents and, and and dad and so on. Um, do, do you want to give us a bit of background first, I suppose, on what your um, process looked like and and motivations and so on, and then we can potentially look at um, how that looks for others in terms of get the, sort of preparing in the best way. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so when I was growing up, I always remember that um, school holidays, my uh, my dad had cart us around different shopping centres. He was um, he he's now retired, but um, he worked in shopping centre management. So we'd go around Blue Water, we'd go around White Rose in Sheffield. We'd go, we'd literally just go around shopping centres in the school holidays. Um, we'd take it behind the scenes. We'd see all the you know the cool stuff in the centre awesome. management suite. Um, uh, you know. I went with him on a couple of work trips. We went to Portugal. We, it was brilliant. But I I saw what he did and I thought, oh, that looks really interesting. You know, he gets to meet people. Um, he gets to travel. Um, appears to like what he does. Um, but it never, he never said to me, oh, you know, I'd love it if you were going to be a surveyor. I was just, um, my parents always kind of just um, let me do what my heart told me I should be doing. Um, so, yeah. I actually went to university and did sports science at the University of Bath. Um, love sport, love science, still do, but I absolutely hated it. Interesting. <laughs> so after a year and a half, um, I dropped out and I said, I remember saying to my dad, I can't do it. I've got, you know, I've got, I've got to quit. And I, you know, I don't know what to go and do next. Um, and at that point it popped into my head of, well, my dad's a surveyor and he seems to like it. And I remember what, you know, watching and being a surveyor so I thought well go and do that because um yeah it sounded like a good idea and it looked like there was a more solid career path you know good good salary good benefits it'd be interesting um so I um I didn't didn't do it kind of the traditional way I applied um to University of the West of England and went um for a part-time course so it's five years um first couple of years I did on day release um the same time I was really lucky to get a job um in Bristol I worked for a sole practitioner supporting him on really general practice um surveying mainly commercial but you know a couple of bits of residential um after a couple of years I moved on and that's when I started for my now business partner Rachel um and actually that um she, you know she's one of the, the the people who really mentored me and supported me through um through all of this and eventually she said to me well you're on day release but I'd actually quite like you to be in the office five days a week so I said to you well I'm not I'm not coming in anymore can I um can I do it by distance learning which went down um 
very well with some people, not very well with uh, others. It was maybe before the before the advent of um, anything really being online. Yeah, yeah. It was very much sitting, you know, you sit in the classroom and learn. So um, that was interesting. But um, was that quite challenging then, trying to do things remotely then? Well, uh, you know what? I absolutely loved it because I don't know. I don't know whether if I've just got a short attention span or I'm just so. I'm so self-motivated just to get it done that um, it motivation wasn't really a problem and yeah. just did everything I could to make sure that it worked, but 100% that wouldn't work for everybody. Um, and you did put a bit of a stop on life for, you know, especially yeah. the last two years to just go, well, you know, this is my focus. I'm going to get through this and I'll think about everything else later on. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I can get that. Uh, yeah, so I, I graduated, brilliant, first class. Um, uh, yeah, first class, did really well, really pleased. Um, moved at the career ranks at that job, um, which maybe because we've talked about qualifications, I'd say my job role at the time didn't reflect the fact that I wasn't qualified. So not being qualified didn't hold me back. Mm. Um, and it probably did in the end in terms of moving up to. Um, the, the the much higher levels and I think you know politics as always but um probably no I don't know it must have been must have been 12 months after that though it must have been the earliest that I could have got qualified so earliest day I could um did my submission went to interview passed um and then went probably maybe in a year or so after that we left to set up our own firm and that's when I did my FRICS um awesome. to be honest I, I was just so I was just so proud um yeah, I can imagine yeah yeah dad and granddad both um both chartered surveyors and it was just a really lovely um ju- yeah ju- just really lovely to um to say yeah, I've done I've done something and you all understand how how challenging it was to get there so yeah. I can imagine yeah it's quite a good story yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely story actually and it's it's funny how um a path you might set out on yeah but when it doesn't go um how you thought it might initially actually end up being you know going in a better direction but you can't you you just have to sort of you know accept the journey you're on I suppose is, is but it's um it's interesting how you end up getting moved back to the right thing you know you can't try and force something but when you get the motivation there you can really drive yourself forward and you know achieve mm. what you want to yeah definitely um, <laughs> I suppose I suppose my question from there then is from your experience of having gone through both Emrix and Nefrix um and when you work with people obviously regularly going through the process what what do people typically do really well um, and where do they uh, where, where do they potentially fall into pitfalls going through the process yeah sure um I think it really depends um I think it really depends on you as an individual so um I know some people really, really struggle with writing up the submission. Um, you know, they just can't put they've got a bit of writer's block. Um, they can't write. Um, or they find it really difficult to write in the way that RICS want to see. Um, I'd say we do see some really, really poor submissions. Um, sometimes, sometimes it is due to a lack of support and guidance from the counsellor, you know, looking at examples and competencies and the right knowledge. Um, but it, sometimes written work is it's just something people struggle with um mm. 
a really, really good way, you know, obviously apart from getting some support is actually the Grammarly app. Um, yes. Which um, I'd say particularly the paid version because it adds on, um, <clears throat> you know, things like fluency and phrasing. If you're not amazing at um, being able to, you know, write something that's, um, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning, actually the Grammarly app can really help you to learn how to do that so there are some great tools out there to do a good submission um yeah definitely uh maybe some of the candidates who struggle a bit with the written work actually perform really well at interview because you know they can they can talk the way around the work they can explain things you know they, they come across really well um on the flip side some candidates um just hate that pressured interview environment and nerves confidence um <clears throat> stress around the interview really really affects some candidates um and in a way there's um sometimes there's nothing you can do about it but it's putting yourself um you know through lots of mock interviews lots of practice um looking at ways that you can um reduce nerves um you know some of the things like mindfulness meditation mm. visualization all of those things and just getting some extra support to um to help you through it um can be a really really good thing to do um what, what on that note what do people t t tend to do wrong in the in if it's an interview route um for say um you know membership level um is, is it prep or is it is it just being nervous on the day or is it not having the right examples or not answering the question perhaps is it is yeah. a common theme yeah, sometimes nerves do get the better of people, but um, as assessors, we're, <clears throat> we, you know, we know we were nervous. We know that you're going to be nervous. So um, a really well-trained assessor will will help the candidate through that, you know, give them time to answer questions, you know, ask questions in a really direct, um, direct way. Yeah. So I, I, nerves, I wouldn't say, would be the number one reason. Um, I, I think um, some candidates just don't know their submission. So they've written it, they've put it aside, and they've treated the interview like an exam. So they might know lots, but if you've put an example, I don't know, a level three in Bristol, and we ask you about it and you go, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, not knowing what you've written up can be mm. a, can be a real um a real challenge so <clears throat> that prep around knowing what you've done and the knowledge behind it is really important um and I also say some candidates just um uh fail to listen so I don't know if we we ask a question and a candidate doesn't listen we find they sometimes either tell us about something completely different or they just tell us everything they know and there's a mm. There's a real skill in, um, I suppose it's active listening, but just honing in on what am I being asked and just giving that one answer um, can... And pausing. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And really, um, yeah, just giving that answer the same as if you've got a client in front of you. The client doesn't want to know everything. They've got a very specific question and that professionalism on being able to answer what you're being asked often, um, often trips candidates up. It's an interesting one you see on uh, just general emails quite a lot where um, you send something across and then maybe someone fires back a response quite quickly answering the first part or what they think that you meant by the first part of the email. Um, but because they've not properly gone through the context, <laughs> um, you know, you you then have to go back and go, no, actually, I'm, this is what I need from you, not not what um, 
what you've responded with. And I, I, I think that's possibly the same thing, and whether it's the pressure or just the eagerness to um, you know, start an answer where people don't focus on what's the actual question. And I think pausing is quite um, you know, an important one to, to really reflect on um, what's been asked before you feel the need to sort of, or feel you have to um, start you know, going through an answer. Yeah, it's almost that um, not panicking because, or, or just being so keen to give an answer. It's got to be, it's it's got to be the right, it's got to be the right one. And that's not um, that's not to say that everything technically has to be a hundred percent. Because let's face it, we're all human. But it's um, you know, if somebody doesn't know the answer to something, it's actually being able to say, well. Um, I don't know the answer, you know, it could be, well, it's not within, it's not within my scope of competence. I'd ask, um, you know, I'd ask somebody else or it could be, I'm just going to write it down and come back to it at the end of the interview. So it's almost, um, it's, it's, it's knowing how to answer difficult questions and yeah, you're right. Not just, um, plowing in and then not, yeah, not reading the second part of the email. (laughs) (laughs) the um I, I suppose the the scenario where perhaps it doesn't go so well you know you don't get the desired outcome um what's the best thing you can do in terms of the reflection part on that in terms of then preparing for um you know the second attempt uh, if, if that makes sense yeah of course so um <clears throat> so um referrals are um can be really disappointing frustrating stressful upsetting loads of different things um uh, you'll always get a referral report from our ICS um that tells you what happened what went well what didn't go so well um I know lots of candidates get them there's a very immediate um emotional reaction to it um so I almost think read the report put it down um go and be angry, go and be upset, go and be whatever you need to be, and then come back to it um, with a fresh head, ideally sit down with um, counsellor, friend, counsellors in APC, counsellor, associate, friend, family, colleague, somebody, and go through it, um, go through it logically and work out what do you need to do to get through next time. Um, The report gives you so much advice on, um, you know, it might be specific questions, it might be... um, you know, how you listened, how you answer questions. Um, and that will give you a really good um, set of objectives to work work on for next time. Um, sometimes you might not agree with what's in the report. You might think it re- might think that it doesn't really reflect what happened. Um, but I think in a way that sometimes when you have to take things with a pinch of salt, take from it what you need um, and then move forward. And then your, your focus really needs to be on well. Um, is it that I just had a bad day in the office? Um, is it that I actually didn't, you know, I didn't have the right experience or I wasn't ready? Um, and then you can make a plan to go forwards, whether it's I'm just going to go for it again, do exactly the same, um, you know, and hope that it's, you know, I have a much, much better day. Or is it do I need to go and do some more work in a specific type of instruction? Um, you know, do I need to go learn more about X, Y or Z? Um, so. I think taking the report, um, letting yourself feel whatever you need to feel, but then coming back to it with a plan. And the the candidates who succeed are the ones who plan. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, I suppose you can liken it to a a driving test. It's uh, it's Mm. a bit more serious, but it's, 
well no driving serious too i think <laughs> but you know if you don't pass that first time it's 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 uh, frustrating absolutely um but equally the the benefit to not passing is actually you end up a better driver by the time you pass and then you're in a better position when you go out and i suppose it's trying to view it in that despite the frustration trying to view it in that light and understanding actually you're going to be better at the end of it um <laughs> once you're through i think on that note then obviously if you if you fail a driving test or don't pass or whatever you want to say it then quite clearly you know you go and get some more lessons practice a bit more and then you know resubmit so with the um you know the, the different pathways are there where can you go um, and, and get sort of you know more uh i don't know mock interview practice or um, where's best best to then sort of once you've analyzed i suppose look at what steps to take in terms of preparing Mm, so um i'd say one of the one of the really good things you can do would be um uh, book a book a call with rics lionheart um they're really good they won't give you um technical advice or advice you know specifically on what went wrong but actually they can just give you some really good support on you know if it is nerves confidence getting over the referral loads of those things that's a really good thing to do um you definitely need to sit down with your counsellor um an employer um you know and make a plan if it is things that you need to get some more experience of um i'd also say um uh, candidates often come in send us they send me their referral report i have a look and give them some um it's free some advice on um from an assessor's point of view from a, a you know a, a completely independent third party what it what i think might have gone wrong just to try and give them another perspective on it um yeah. um so yeah and even just discussing the experience in the report with somebody somebody who wasn't there can often um help to just highlight some of the things that um they, they might need to go away and do awesome okay and i think that's been um really helpful is there any sort of i suppose final bits of advice you'd like to provide candidates around uh, preparation mm, so i think the um a key stumbling block i would say is the planning towards submission and interview so um let's say if you know you're going to be submitting next february um get your calendar get an excel spreadsheet and just plan out each week realistically with what you're going to do to um have a submission completed in good time um uh, candidates often face trouble with um the councillor sign off um everybody's busy um you know when we review submissions um it, it takes a long time um we need time to review it to put it down to come back to it to reflect on it um to give good advice and the same same absolutely applies to your councillor um so it could be getting getting your submission to your counsellor a month, a month and a half before the deadline to make sure that they're able to support you rather than we do see some candidates go, oh, the window, the submission window closes in three days. We sign me off. And um, sadly, you know, the answer is 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 no. Um, yeah. So it's so not that, time to do an all nighter with a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I know if it was just you submitting something, it'd be fine. But it, when it needs um, when it needs somebody else to to put their own letters on the line to go, I you know I genuinely believe that this person's ready to go forward, and I've you know I I, I approve their application. Um, it's just just not gonna just not gonna cut it. <laughs> fair, fair, no, awesome. Thank you for coming on and giving your. Um, insights on the different topics if 
if um anyone wants to get in touch with you to learn more whether it's finding more resource or, or speaking to you how do they get in touch uh best way um uh go to google and put in property elite or put jen lehman um take you to our website which is property elite.co.uk um all my contact details are on there um you'll also find us on facebook and youtube and instagram and probably some other social media channels i've forgotten about as well but um just put property elite and we should um check them out for the first time and i'll be yeah absolutely delighted to um if anybody's got any questions about roots membership referrals support etc always happy to um always happy to chat fantastic and um good luck with the um the second book and hopefully we can discuss that on another uh, episode uh, when that comes out Love to. Thank you very much for having me.